Welcome back to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner, and I'm sitting here with Mrs. Sarah Doubledam. And you may have heard the episode that we did uh, with her husband about Wilderness Magazine. And now this is the other half of the Wilderness Darling conglomerate. She is the co-founder and what would you call yourself, executive editor? Editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief, which, oh, that sounds so boss. <laughs> uh, the editor-in-chief of Darling Magazine, which you've probably seen at Anthropology or at any bookstore ever in the world, any place, <laughs> or you've seen it all over the place, or the if you've seen the hashtag That's Darling, that's a lot of what came out of their work and their stuff. So, Sarah, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. We This is the Typically Hazardous podcast experience and they are the typically hazardous people the list our listeners our tribe our typically hazardous tribe and much of what we do on this podcast is we talk about uh, adventure the adventures of starting things or being things or doing something or or chasing a dream or whatever it is so in this context tell us what is darling magazine so darling magazine is a quarterly publication for women and our tagline is called the art of being a woman and what we focus on is really Uplifting women through media, so focusing on self-esteem, body image, broadening the idea of beauty. We're the only magazine that doesn't retouch women, which wow. means photoshopping their skin or their bodies at wow. all. We literally don't touch the woman at all. And then we talk about a lot of deep topics that matter, such as like anxiety, depression, purpose, relationships, the things that women are actually going through. And we really try to steer away from just... A lot of the stuff that's out there in media about, you know, just objectification of women and materialism and women only focusing on the external. So we really dive into the internal to make sure women are healthy on the inside so that they can function really well in the world and feel confident and beautiful no matter how they look and no matter what media is telling them. So basically, wow. it starts with a magazine and then we also have a blog that posts four times a day. We have an Instagram with a really big hashtag called That's Darling, where the Instagram reflects the same type of message, really beautiful imagery, inspiring quotes and thoughts for women that they can look to every day. And then we also do events, things called Darling Dinners, um, lunch parties, fun community building events just around the concept of bringing women together and going deeper with each other. Awesome. It's huge. There's like so many things happening all at once. <laughs> and I can remember, what's crazy about this is I can remember meeting you I, you weren't even married to Steve, and I can remember meeting you somewhere, and you're like, hey, I have this idea for this magazine, and do you remember that meeting, we, that random meeting I drug you into with a <laughs> guy I knew who had started a magazine when he was yes, 19 years yeah. old, and I was like, dude, this girl, and, and we get there, and I remember he looked over, I can't remember his name right now, he looked over, he's like, why are we here? And I was like, we're here because Sarah has an idea for a magazine, and you started one, and I'll let, just let you guys talk, That's awesome. which was so fun, because I just, I was, when I first met you, I was so inspired by the clarity of what you you wanted to do a magazine called Darling. I have you in my phone as Sarah Darling because I didn't know your last name. <laughs> like I, you wanted to do a magazine called Darling that communicated these things to women. And I just was so inspired by that vision and the clarity that that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Before really blogs were just getting up. There was no Instagram. Right. I don't think there was a Tumblr yet. I don't like there. There were so many things no have Instagram. happened. So I don't think Facebook was even a big thing. We were MySpacing yeah. at that point. So... <laughs> For Amazing. you to have that clarity and for us to be here now in your gorgeous Darling Magazine office and for you guys to have really a media company surrounded by these ideas that drive women towards healthy places as a dad with a four-year-old <laughs> and a one-and-a-half-year-old, right. I'm so grateful that this messaging exists in the world that doesn't tell 
my daughters that they need to look a certain way or be a certain way in order to be accepted or right received in the world so i think it's it's That's so amazing point. yeah and just having it be something that can be safe on someone's coffee table where your six-year-old can you know thumb through it and not find any scandalous images or things that are inappropriate that's also something we stand on is just being wholesome and just clean you know for people where anyone can really interact with it but it's still beautiful and fashion forward and everything. yeah it's awesome so where did it come from for you where did this vision or this clarity because that i met you 10 years ago that's probably not when it started but it was it just right. seemed so vivid to you. And I think sometimes as a person, I like to create things and I like to make things and I like to push things out that in my hope, I'd like to make things that other people haven't seen or that they're in my own way, but I don't always have clarity going into them. I go, I think this could be cool. And then it takes on a kind of a life of its own, which I'm sure that's happened at some level. But where did that initial vivid vision come from for you? Right. It came from two things. One was my personal struggles with anxiety and depression. And then the second was my experience in the modeling industry. And so first I just right out of college really struggled with just finding purpose and having just, just depression and anxiety. And just like a lot of women just feeling like, you know, you just broke up with your boyfriend. You don't know what you're doing. You're working at a restaurant or you're not really doing what you want to be doing. And I had a friend that was kind of going through the same thing and so her and I started talking and we were just like man where do we go for advice on what we're going through you know we're just like asking each other right (laughs) questions and we're just kind of like blind leading the blind like I don't know your boyfriend just broke up with you and mine just broke up with me so what do we do we were just so sad together You're like a day ahead of each other yeah (laughs) totally we were just trying to console one another and we were just talking about you know where are the mentors of this generation where's the voice that tells you how to be a woman, whereas back in the day there used to be, you know, home ec classes and just women and mothers and grandmothers seem to really pour into, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Their daughters and their so family. So much generational. And you lived in the same house and grandma lived with right. you and there was all of that. And wasn't there something, wasn't there some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the word, is it called cotillion? What's the training that you would take as a young woman that would teach you things like etiquette and manners, manners and those things? Uh, I'm not sure the technical name, but I know a lot of times they're just called etiquette classes. Yeah, like those kind of courses that mm -hmm. oftentimes that mentor that was teaching you etiquette was also informing you about your relationships or womanhood and those kinds of things. Right, yeah, just as a guide, you know, but in our modern day, it's like you move away from your family when you're 18, you move to another state and and go to college and yeah, you can call them all the time, but it's just like, where is that source or where's that that book or that media source and we were just looking at modern women's magazines and thinking these are horrible (laughs) the advice Mm. that they're giving is so shallow and just promoting things that don't promote healing the things that are just putting band-aids over things you know so we just started thinking well if we created a magazine what would it look like we were just sitting at coffee one day and we just asked each other that question so then we just started going off on this whole brainstorm session about that and it was really really fun and we did that for about six months and we started by writing the mission statement on the back of darling and that's the first thing that we created oh wow which was really important because you're talking about that clarity is that mission statement it took us six months to write it wow, <laughs> it's I just bet. a paragraph but it's so refined and it's it was so perfect to us and i honestly haven't changed it since we printed it on the back of every magazine because wow when you have a company or a brand and you keep to that core and that mission, it helps you to not divert or follow things that other people are doing or succumb to pressures of 
trends or you know other magazines are you know only using size zero models so why are you guys using all size models like well because that's part of our mission yeah right you know totally. we don't want to be totally sucked into what everyone else is doing because we feel like what we're doing is more real and, and life-giving wow it's so cool and it's beautiful like i feel like so many times Thank people you. are trying to react to cultural things they're like oh we're gonna let everybody in and then you go well this guy wants to be a graphic designer so we're gonna let him put it together and you just have like a like a midway product. And I feel like part <laughs> of the way that you're able to garner influence and become so popular and really have so much influence is in large part because it's breathtaking. It's a beautiful Thank magazine you. page over page. And I feel like you guys are hitting a really important target and a really important window in terms of just even the evolution of time. So if you take, let's say like you, what you just described is a, a girl who's my daughter We'll probably move out of the house and go off somewhere to college or to trade school or to apprenticeship or whatever right. if we're not doing college in, in 17 years. She's going to be 17 or 18 years old, and she's going to go off and do that. That idea is so dramatically new. Like in the days in the 1950s, you didn't leave because it was, why didn't women go to college? In the 60s. Right. Like, <laughs> so maybe it's only f even 40 or 50 or 60 years old that women have this empowerment voice where it's like they are making mm -hmm. their way in a world that otherwise oppressed them where there wasn't that space so i just feel like you guys are in some ways an evolution of that conversation because so much from even from the era of like pinup girls in the wartime days and then like you have all these different ways where magazines were either way traditional and almost repressive of women where mm -hmm. it always positioned her in the kitchen or she was wearing an apron or holding warm cookies she baked for her <laughs> husband who's at work all day right like right all, it, it either went from cliched to like the cover of a magazine where she is if she was wearing all her clothes you didn't pick it up to now i feel like you guys are the evolution of that elegance and an evolution evolution of that uh, almost in some ways like that vintage ideal of wholesome quality and wholesome maturity right that's the goal yeah as we're saying you know modesty has been a word that's you know, been associated with shame or with negativity or it's like, oh, you're wearing a potato sack. But we're saying no modesty is having respect for your body while still dressing amazingly stylish and being, you know, very sexy. And like right. women like the French women do that super well, <laughs> you right. know, with like yeah, a big totally. oversized white men's shirt and skinny jeans and heels. And they're considered the sexiest women yeah, in the right. world, but they're not, you don't see them you know, naked all over every single, everything, totally. <laughs> everywhere. Like it seems like on all the magazine covers in the grocery store, we want to like shield your children's eyes just oh, at the yeah, checkout totally. stand, you yeah, know, and totally. it's just, there's this objectification of women that's, in my opinion, it's not attractive and it's not empowering it's, at all because it's also imprisoning women saying, hey, sure. you have to take off all your clothes to be noticed or to be loved. And that's a message that I feel like is the opposite of feminism, actually. Totally. Yeah. And I have <laughs> my daughter, we were at the grocery store. And I'm holding my daughter and I'm standing there. And I was, it was one of the grocery stores where it has all the magazines up front. And my daughter loves the word boobies. That was like one of her first words. <laughs> and she just goes, she walks up and she pointed at this magazine cover. And she goes, Dad, you can see her boobies. And it wasn't like a Playboy or anything crazy. It was just like a, a normal magazine. It was a, like one of the big 10 magazines in the world. Right. And it was a very popular one that I won't say that just has initials. It was a men's magazine and it has this girl who's naked and just barely covering herself. And she's right. like, Dad, you can see your boobies. And the <laughs> cashier and everybody else is like laughing. And I'm just like, oh, what? Do, how is this happening? What am I going to do? This is a, I'm in a grocery store. This is as benign and domestic as I'm we can possibly food. find. Yeah, exactly. All I'm buying yeah. is my, my smoothie recipes. So for you, when you guys started it, what I'm fascinated by in so many ways 
is you also had a really um, strong clarity of the archetypes of what you felt like the modern woman or what you felt like the art of being a woman was. And it's even a sign kind of right behind you. So that'll be my cheat sheet. But And you don't have to go through all of them, but just give me a sense for where kind of that came from because I know even in the first episode, or the first episode, the first issue. Uh, issue of the magazine, you sort of laid out, hey, mm-hmm. here's the archetypes or here's how we see the modern woman being and this is kind of who this would connect to. Tell us a little bit about kind of where that came from. Right. So we were looking, we were trying to de- to determine what should the sections be in the magazine and most magazines are health, beauty, fitness, sex, love. Right. You know, those are the typical ones. Gossip maybe in the front. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Celebrity, whatever. So we decided we wanted to be different than that. And we were thinking about different brands growing up, like American Girl, where the dolls were named. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, I'm Molly. And yes, I'm this person, you know, and then how, you know, Sex in the City, how there's personas and girls love to identify themselves like, oh, I'm so so-and-so yeah right or I, can't, so I can't think of their names right now but if you said their names i'd be like i'm so whatever right rachel or zoe or whoever yeah totally, totally. so we thought how could we do that and then we said well what are the different hats that women wear in life the modern woman yeah you know so then we just came up with them you know the achiever confidant dreamer beautician hostess stylist explorer and intellectual awesome and so those, I mean, obviously there's a lot more than that, you know. And you'd be a combination of that, right? Like you would be, I'm a beautician mm-hmm. intellectual or I'm a... But the thing, the tricky thing is you're actually all of them. So some women are oh, like, wow. I f- they'll write in and be like, I struggle so much knowing which persona and I, I huh. am. And I'll write back, you know, you're actually all of them. And that's the point. And that's the wow. beauty of being a woman is being such a multitasker, being able to wear so many different hats, you know, be in the home and be nurturing but then being the achiever and being out in the world and being the explorer where you're serving and working for a nonprofit, and then you know being the beautician where you care about wellness and hair and makeup and then the dreamer where you like art and music or doing things with your hands you know so yeah, all these right. different it's beautiful things and that also points we're also by doing that trying to point to the fact that women are so much more than how they look as well yep that you have much more valuable attributes than just how you look. Wow, that's beautiful. And that's built into you and you can refine and focus on those things instead of obsessing on just refining your external appearance. Amazing. Well, now uh, now I'm going to ask you about some other things in terms of like even the philosophy or the sort of spirituality of what it is that you're doing. Uh, in the in the Genesis account God creates the heavens and earth, and he creates light and dark, and then he creates mm-hmm. the seas, and he creates the dry land, and he calls all of it good. And then he creates man, and then his on his last and final act, which in so much Eastern literature, the first thing that's, that happens is important, and the last thing that happens is important, everything uh-huh. in between is in the sh- the sort of like shadow of that in a way. And you have Eve being created as sort of the pinnacle of all creation. Do you think that there is a power to being a woman that is God-given? Do you think there's something that the reason that God didn't make woman somewhere along the line when he Mm -hmm. made water and all these things, that he made man and then he paused and then he made woman? Like there was a beat there. Do you think there's something to that? Do you think there's a power that a woman carries that all other creation does not? I do. I totally agree with that. I mean, first of all, women have, they're the only ones that have the ability to give birth, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is... Amazing and just being able to... Although Arnold Schwarzenegger did in a movie... True. 
There was a movie where Arnold <laughs> figured True. that out. Uh, He's the only one. <laughs> as well as being like an Austrian bodybuilder that also became the Terminator and the He's governor. super but talented. Yes, he diverse. is talented. Yes. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. The ability yeah, to give being life. Being able to, to give life. Yeah, and I think that women, you know, represent so many different sides of God too. It's just that strength within that nurturing aspect within, you know, representing beauty as well. And there's just so many things about even the design of the woman's body and just the way that they are and the way the way that they're able to interact with with people and to bring comfort and healing with their words but also so much strength you know yeah, in right. that mother instinct and in being able to care for others and just to really yeah totally stand up for others so what do you mean that in the design of the woman's body they reflect god i think just in general like i mean obviously over the centuries women's bodies have been painted in in art yeah, right. <laughs> and celebrated in sculpture and always just as a thing of beauty and I think that that isn't something that we just you know made up I think that it's innate in us to really admire a woman's body as a thing of thing of beauty and that's why I think it's something to be honored because I think that God probably put that in us that instinct to think it's beautiful yeah right you know it's it's like a work of art yeah totally and I think so many and I think this sometimes it makes people uncomfortable or there's like there's this um, maybe sense where people maybe shy away from it, but so much of the language in the scriptures about God is feminine language. Mm-hmm. It's a it's wh- where Jesus looks at Jerusalem and says, "I long to gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks." I, right. there, there's there's language where God is in some sense ha- carries those feminine qualities, those feminine traits, the way that He would implore that. And so if if we're created in God's image then we carry both the image of masculinity and the image mm-hmm. of femininity in that same in that same soul and in that same place god would kind of communicate that because i think there's this thought that god's a, god is a man's man right and maybe that's what <laughs> created some of that domineering male completely mentality especially in religious spaces where women are not allowed to be as equal as a man or are not allowed but it, it god carrying so many of those feminine traits i think what what you guys are doing is such a beautiful picture of you guys redeeming so many of the things that otherwise have just been used for whatever is most phenomenal or whatever would sell the most magazines or whatever would catch the most eyeballs (laughs) you know almost a utilizing of what you described to be to admire a woman's body and go and if we put her on the cover we can make more money or we can sell more ads right objectifying that yeah Yeah. versus versus calling that beautiful and that modesty being a, Mm -hmm. a, a really powerful way to redeem that yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So for you and Darling and for what you guys have done, how where do you see it going? Where do you see this all building towards? Do you hope that there's other spin-offs of Darlings? Do you hope people take cues from you? Do you hope that people move towards that direction? What do you kind of hope people would We do. Yeah, we started it just wanting to be a leader in the magazine space and just also as I talked about some of my experience in the modeling industry. I didn't touch on that earlier, but just working worked as a model for many years and just seen just the way that that industry can be so narrow and how it defines mm-hmm. beauty and what it defines a model as and wh- who it puts on the runways and all of that and just affecting that industry to say hey like you know a lot of women <laughs> can be models with all different right. body types and all different ethnicities like let's broaden that idea of beauty so much more and so not only that industry but other magazines trying to take a stand for no retouching and this idea of perfection that is just promoted through all the ads that are in all the magazines and every single person is just 
plastic. Right. Like totally. <laughs> when you work on the inside and I know what goes on in retouching, it's just people don't realize that the things they're looking For at sure. that they're attaining to are completely unreal. So they're not even all the work that they're putting in isn't even yeah. <laughs> ready. So have you heard real. Cindy Crawford? Have you had Cindy on the magazine yet? Have you heard Cindy Crawford's uh, talk about her issue when somebody somebody posted or leaked photographs of her pre-retouched um, photo no. shoot and then the retouched? And she actually defends retouching in a really really amazing way so i would love to i would love to concoct a, a you and cindy crawford dialogue and her whole <laughs> narrative and i'd love your thoughts on this her I'll, I'll quote her as best i can without butchering what she was describing uh -huh. is she was describing that the f a photo shoot like that is a piece of art right and that you're generating and you're creating a piece of art so i i hear what you're describing in terms of not communicating to people like my daughter and my sisters that oh you have to have perfect skin all the time or oh you mm -hmm. have to have all those things and to Cindy Crawford's point, she goes, of course you don't have perfect skin. We're What we're doing is we're creating a piece of art, and the photographer will retouch so that everything fits the way it's supposed to. But she's like, you also don't have, always have these clothes or this. She's like, if there's a dragon flying over top of you or whatever right. it is, of course you're going to retouch every little piece. Do you have thoughts about that? or would you? How would you respond to Cindy? Pretend I'm Cindy. Pretend I have <laughs> well, the mole Cindy. and I'm beautiful. <laughs> and I'm saying, hey, you know what? There might be a way in which you could retouch a woman uh, in for the sake of creating a piece of art as opposed to communicating realism or communicating to people, hey, this is actually w the way women should look. Right. So for us, we also consider a photo shoot a work of art. So we tell people beforehand, hey, we don't retouch. So let's use amazing lighting and amazing shadows and do really good hair and makeup. You know, not, you know, layering it on. So right. it's a mask. Totally. But let's make everything as beautiful as we can because we are creating art cool and then once we do that that art is finished because the problem with that is say a woman has a scar or she has acne and then you as a reader have a scar or acne but it's been taken off that picture yeah, and that right. person is like completely perfect and flawless the problem is when the person is looking at that their perception of that is they think that's reality yes right and so although it might be this perfect work of art, people don't understand that that has happened necessarily. And so they totally. think that that's just reality and that's how every model looks and how every person looks. And then it just makes you feel bad and shameful about the fact that you have a quote unquote flaw. Yeah, right. You yeah, know? that's true. And Cindy would probably not be communicating, oh, this is a work of art. And by the way, she was retouched 37 different ways and times. Right. She would go, yeah, that's a work of art. But in daily life, she probably has something happening or something right some kind of blemish yeah, i'm sure there's something us, imperfect about cindy crawford i can't i can't i'm not sure but i'm positive. i'm sure yeah and for us like we'll retouch you know we'll bring up the exposure we'll take some dirt off the sure. floor things that you know might be distracted to the scene but for the woman herself we're like let's you know do the best that we can to do you know what any woman would be able to do yeah i mean basically and did you see the ronda rousey the ronda rousey thing Oh, no. Okay, so do you know who Ronda Rousey is? You should have her on Darling. She's a, the top MMA female fighter. Now she's Amazing. third layer because Holly <laughs> Holm beat her. But she's like, she's just fierce and she is powerful and she is forceful. Her. She did a Jimmy Kimmel set mm -hmm. and she was sitting down talking to Jimmy and her arm look, looked huge. But she's a freaking MMA fighter. I mean, <laughs> right. I wouldn't, I'm so afraid of her. It's not <laughs> even funny. And then someone sent it to her. 
and it was at to post and she posted it but they had retouched her arm mm -hmm. so that her arm didn't quite it was a it was an angle where it did it looked like a huge arm right and then it made it look like a like a skinny arm that she doesn't even have an arm as skinny as it made it look so then someone took a screenshot and it was a huge twitter hullabaloo and then she posted an apology saying someone sent that to me i didn't retouch it myself yeah. because i feel like what instagram gives us is instagram snapchat all this stuff it's basically a reality show of our own lives right so i feel like what's happening is and there's a lot of celebrities who are getting caught for this mm -hmm. they're fixing their own they're retouching their own right with apps instagram photos mm -hmm. with the apps which the apps are amazing and sometimes to be totally honest i will retouch my daughters when i take pictures of them only because there's food all over their faces right. <laughs> and if they're going to keep this picture for years i'm like i just don't want the banana hanging off their chin so i'll do some retouching in that That's in that department but how do you feel like this is affecting girls? I mean, would you even tell girls who are posting selfies, which is a whole other issue? If you, if you, how would you tell people who are posting selfies who feel that urgency to be like, oh, I'm just going to fix that a little bit, or I'll just fix that a little bit? What would you tell them, or what would you say to them? Because most people do not have photo photo shoots of them of their lives every day. Right. But with Instagram and Snapchat, we are showing everyone our lives all the time. Mm -hmm. What would you communicate to somebody who has a temptation to go, I can just remove that. I'll just get rid of that real quick or I'll just retouch my own self. What would you say right. to that? I think the question to ask yourself is like, what's your motivation for doing that? Why, why do you need to fix that? You know, yeah. quote unquote thing. And something I always say is that a flaw isn't a flaw unless it's measured against an ideal. Hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you have a scar on your face but you're not used to seeing scars on anyone's faces ever you're like okay so that's the ideal is like perfect like no right. scars so i need to like take that thing off that happened to me when i was a kid in order to measure up to that ideal you yeah. know so you don't understand what a quote-unquote flaw is unless media is telling you that it's a flaw you know and so just these ideas of oh like my chin or my nose is too wide or I have bags under my eyes, like right. all these things that we've learned as women and logged right, as totally. flaws. So then when we look at a picture of ourselves, we go through that list. Right. Do I have any of those flaws showing? Oh, I need to get rid of that. But like the root problem of that is is insecurity and feeling like you don't measure up to perfection. And so I would just tell people just to basically <laughs> stop caring, you know, to be yeah. like, this is who I am and accept that you are beautiful and that everybody has acne on someday everybody gets wrinkles everybody has those things and that's reality and just trying to not succumb to that pressure and just realizing that it's silly and it's fake and it's not something that should make us waste moments and you know of our day yeah, feeling totally. like we're inadequate and that we need to take the time to get rid of every thing that we consider is wrong with us before we can be presentable to the world just the idea of that in itself is is a sad thought that we even feel that way yeah totally so just post away yeah do you like, say this post is away. me exactly yeah, how i right. am and totally. i don't care totally you know i personally don't use any of those retouching apps i'm like you know what it's fine like you know just yeah. try to shoot things in i got what i got good enough light and yeah. just show yourself being real show yourself having fun don't be so serious about things like social media yeah. you know just show your life and the joy of your life and not be worried about you know things like vanity or just feeling like you have to be perfect yeah wow that's awesome that's awesome no i love it and i can and i hope my daughter gets a um gets a subscription so you need to be around in 15 years when she no starts problem. reading magazines you'll, you'll be not a, it'll be like a darling hologram it'll be like we'll open up a hologram <laughs> in 15 years so we're kind of squared away totally. if you could communicate one thing 
to all the girls who are listening, all the moms who are listening, all the women who are listening, or even for me, all the dads who are listening, communicate one thing that you hope every girl could wake up with or could walk away with in terms of a message for their life, what would it be? Well, the last line of our mission statement says, not just here, but here for a purpose. Mm. And I just hope that girls know, you know, that they're here on this earth for so much more than what media is telling them, you know, so much more than clothes and shoes and makeup and their sex appeal and all these things that you're just initially exposed to as a woman growing up. Like it's the first thing that you learn about, you know, and that you're so much more and so much deeper and that you have, you know, all those personas we talked about built inside of you and just learning who are you? How are you gifted? How can you, change the world how can you make a difference and just realizing that the world needs you and it needs your voice and it needs you to be strong and needs you to be powerful and to utilize all the things that you've been given to make the world a better place and that that's why you're here you're not here to to impress or to be perfect or to try and like play any sort of game with anyone or who's the most beautiful or who's the most successful or famous or just all these things that we can get caught up in it's just really I hope that women can just really focus on exactly who they are and just really stay in stay in their own lane without comparison and just find their beauty and worth just right where they are. Awesome. I love it. I love it. What advice would you give all the dads out there? Dads <laughs> like me who I have two oh, beautiful daughters. <laughs> what would you want me to know if they're a year and a half and four years old? What advice would you give me to make sure that I raise a darling daughter with the right mindset? I think just communicating to them early on, I don't think shielding them from any of it helps because they're going to be exposed to it everywhere. <laughs> they're going to see the boobies at the grocery store. Everywhere. So just let it happen. Yeah, yeah, and just being really outright with them and just being like explaining the world to them and being like, uh-huh. this is why this has happened. This is why there's things like pornography. This is why there's these things, you know, obviously in appropriate <laughs> ways as they age, sure, but yeah. just being like, this is why these things exist and this is why they're not real and just always pointing them back to the original design of woman and the purpose of a woman so that they can learn to meter and temper the things that they're seeing against what is true and I think that having a dad tell you what's true when you're young is really helpful like my dad was very good at that with me like you are so much worth that like you don't have to dress like that like you don't have to be like he was very adamant with me about that I was smart and that I was successful and that you know just kind of really I think when a father especially pours that into a daughter it creates a lot of self-esteem it's awesome and confidence is there anything I should not do as a dad (laughs) not do what should I avoid as a father (laughs) how can I yeah I'm basically I'm a cautionary tale guy right so when I I like to know how could I screw this up and then I will avoid that puddle I'm trying to think. I think the one thing would be just a lot of people, especially to little girls, are just like, oh, you're so pretty. You're so pretty. You're so pretty. So don't tell her. Don't say that to her. You should say it, but then you should also say it about other things about them. Like, you're so smart. Yes. You're so athletic. You're so this. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like just making sure that that doesn't overrule the rest of who they are. So I think it's important to say you're so beautiful in really intentional ways when it matters and when they really hear it, but not just every second all the time. So that they they want it. She wants it so bad. Oh my gosh. She wears a thing and then she (laughs) comes running in and she just looks at me and stares at me with her arms out. Like, 
Are you going to say that I'm beautiful? Like, yeah. She wants so badly. Even my one and a half year old will put something on and then come running in to show me what she's yeah. wearing or what she put on her head or a hat or whatever. So there it is. It is. You're right. It's so tempting to just be like, because they're obviously beautiful to me and they're obviously the cutest kids alive. Right. I mean, especially on, they have Instagram accounts. I mean, they are gorgeous, <laughs> but I, I think you're totally right. I think just you know, almost, almost a, appreciating or almost communicating to them these other archetypes that you have right and to that's communicate, just a like, natural look how how you achieved or look how smart mm-hmm. you were and look how you hosted and took care of your friend and look how you you know made this beautiful and look how you imagined that like i don't know i just think that's such a cool guide as a dad right. to be able to say okay these are the these are the you know seven archetypes that i'm going to point to for my daughter Right, yeah, like her sensitivity and the way that she's kind to others or generous, you know, and trying to build those character traits. But yeah, I think if they run out and they want you to tell them you're beautiful, of course, because that's a natural (laughs) thing that women want. I'm not going to be like, Sarah told me not to tell you. "Uh, No, you don't. You're a hard worker. Uh, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I think another thing is my mom, when I was really young too, talked to me about vanity and she explained it to me in an amazing way nice because when i was little i thought i was really cute because people would tell me i was really cute all the time like every kid (laughs) but i was looking in the mirror a lot and i remember my mom said you know there's a balance between looking in the mirror and looking in the mirror too much and when you're looking in the mirror too much that means that you've you know become vain and i'm like what is that you know so then she explained to me that it's like you know, thinking that you're that you're too beautiful or you're more beautiful than other people and just in a very simple way. So I remember from that point on thinking, okay, you know, I've looked at myself in the mirror enough and it really did something really impactful wow. to me. But she told me that when I was like six. Wow. Okay, good. So yeah, even talking about things like vanity and beauty and what beauty really means, that beauty is external, but beauty is also all these other things and you want them to be beautiful in all the different areas. Yeah, right. No, it's awesome. <laughs> and I do, I love your archetypes as sort of a guide, a dad guide mm-hmm. for, hey, this is is, a good e- idea. these are the things that I'm going to, I'm going to appreciate and I'm going to communicate to my daughters as they grow up. That's so awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being a part of this. How can we thank find you, you online? How can we follow you on instagram or snaps or how can we find your un, unretouched photos on on the on social media well we are at darlingmagazine.org and our shop if you want to buy a subscription is shop.darlingmagazine.org okay great our instagram is at darling Amazing. our twitter is at darling mag pinterest darling magazine my instagram is at lady dubs lady dubs <laughs> l-a-d-y-d-u-b-b-s and that's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And thank, thank you, you so, much so much for what you're doing for all the dads and all the daughters out there in the world. Thank you. You're awesome.